And we are live. Welcome to this latest episode of Totally Unscripted. My name is Martin Hoxley, and as ever, I am joined by Steve and Charles. Hello, Steve. Hello. How's everybody doing? Good. How are you guys doing? Well, today I thought we could just chat. You know, just chat. <laughs> I think we need a bot for that. That's a good <laughs> idea. We got to do a show like that. Well, no, I'm super excited about this episode. I've been waiting for this episode for a long time because, as you all know, chatbots are something that are exciting, but I frankly think underserved by uh, not just the community, but but developers and people talking about them and building them. And I hope that this will inspire folks to take a closer look. Martin, I know back in season two, which was 2018, believe it or not, episodes 19 and episodes 20, you actually went through building bots. That seems like a lifetime ago, but what's changed in your perspective? What's new from what you've seen or, or, or what you're feeling around chatbots? Well, I, I think there's a much bigger marketplace for this now. I think back then it was more kind of niche. So I think in terms of, I think just general kind of how people work now, they're so used to using chat um, that I think in terms of chatbot development, I think there's um, lots of opportunities there. The technology's moved on as well. Um, so back then, I was wrangling Dialogflow, which is a really cool product Google also provides, which is um, incorporates a number of different services, natural language processing, and so on. So you could start extracting an intent from chat messages. All that's now baked in to Dialogflow. So um, they caught up with me. Which is, <laughs> and about yourself, uh, Steve, have you seen a lot of demand or use from your customers or people asking for it, or is it something they just don't know to ask for? What's your take? Um, one improvement I saw was just when you when I open up Gmail now, it's more of a hub experience where before the chat rooms were kind of mm -hmm. hidden out there. Now it's more in front of us. So I think there'll be more opportunities to go forward just because of it there. Um, I guess it's now called spaces, but <laughs> um, haven't had that much demand lately. So I'm interested about this show to brainstorm maybe some other good ideas for our listeners as well as for us, right? Great segue, Steve. Why don't we bring on our guest, Martin? Sure. So we have Aida and Dominic. Hello. Hey, everyone. So first of all, thanks so much for coming. I, I kind of feel honored that you joined us on the show. Uh, we have both the PM and the engineering lead for chatbots as a platform at Google. So, guys, welcome. Thank you. Uh, how about introductions? Uh, Aida, first. Certainly. Tell us about thanks so much, Charles, and, and thanks for having us on the show. Really excited to, to talk to you about what's coming down the pipeline. Um, so I'm the product manager for Chat Platform. What we focus on is building out the features and functionality so that developers can create these experiences for their end users that will really help everyone out in, in workspace. So we're creating the building blocks and the pieces, and all of you are creating those great experiences that benefit the users. Awesome. And Dominic. Hey, uh, I am Dominic. I'm the engineering manager for Chat Platform. Um, I, I My mission is the same as Ida's, but I guess me and my team build it. And so we take the requirements and we try to make the APIs and make the integrations into chat so that everybody else can do the, all the cool things and, and try to empower everybody to, to like, you know, improve the workflows. That's really what we're about. So awesome. So before we dive in super deep on chat, which we're excited for, let's know a little bit more about yourselves, how you got here, how you got to this moment, which is cool. Uh, I understand Aida, you have a PhD in chemistry. I'd love to know how you're tying that into chatbots or did you just take a wrong turn? Um, it was, it's interesting, when I was young, I had a passion for both uh, computer science and chemistry and kind of figured that university was a great time to have a hands-on experience and you can do that with chemistry in a university, it's not recommended to do that uh, at your own leisure, but with computing and programming, that's something that you can learn um, at home, which is really great. And so I, I did that research angle. Uh, one of the things I really liked what, in my personal research angle was kind of combining things like protein modeling and, and using computing to solve some of these problems. And I found that the areas I was in weren't quite ready or weren't quite there in terms of adopting computing. And so I became a front-end developer for a bit, 
did a lot of analytics. I love data and, and using data and finding data. So that kind of led into the product role where you take data as one of your inputs, but you also talk a lot to your customers and your users to really understand what's working and what's not and combining all of that into a product that works. And so one of the reasons I love platforms is you're enabling other people to create the right experiences for their end users. And so you're creating these building blocks, um, kind of like in chemistry where you have these building blocks that you put together that are right for others. So um, my passion is competing and, and being able to, to use it in various applications. And, and right now I'm pretty passionate about the workspace. Wow, awesome answer. So Dominic, I understand that you've actually been at Google for a long period of time. Um, second time around, I understand as well too. Kind of what's been your journey through Google and, and, and what brought you to chatbots? How did you find your path this way? Yeah, great great question. I Yeah, interestingly, I was one of the first Google in, interns in the Waterloo office in Canada, and that was a long time ago, and then I converted full-time. And throughout my career at Google, I've worked on things like you know Gmail on the web front end, iOS apps, ads, uh, shopping, and also healthcare related to what Ida was talking about. Like we were building cloud APIs for healthcare life sciences. Um, I did leave Google. I joined a startup in Toronto, uh, and it was interesting at that time. Uh, that was when I opened my eyes to what's possible in terms of platform and chat platform. We were using a Gmail a chat competitor that's not Google, but um, uh, there are a lot of integrations and bots on that platform. And me and my team use it a lot for like maybe fun things like parrots or like celebrations or you know like or even uh, DevOps like workflows where how do we get tickets and how do we triage them like these are things that were really streamlined and, and enabled by the platform that we were using. Um, and so when I came back to Google, I was like looking for opportunities, and then this this one seemed like a good fit because I, I saw that there was a lot of power there, a lot of a lot of interesting things we could do. Um, so that's that's why I'm here. So I think an awesome segue to our conversation today. And I think a, a great start would be you're both very passionate about it. What, first of all, for folks who may not know what we mean when we say chatbots, or sometimes they may hear us refer to them as chat apps. And so folks, like Steve mentioned, may not be exposed to it or, or, or be as close to, to it as we are. What can you tell us about what a chat bot or chat app is like what's the kind of the, the history the usage patterns the scenarios what's the opportunity for developers to get excited about these for that's a great question charles um and i think kind of talking through the history will help people understand where it all started and where we're going and why that's so different um historically chat was a standalone product and chatbots were really thought of as that conversational workflow or conversational agent you had to at mention the bot. It was very much a, hey, at you know vacation bot, help me take my vacation. And that was sort of the model because it fit into chat. Bots were thought of as another person or entity in chat, just like everyone else there. And so that really drove what bots were able to do and how people engage with them. Now that chat is a piece of, of workspace, it's really a part of this joint hub, as you guys mentioned, um, it's a place where people come to do all of their work. And we know that people engage with a lot of different tools, whether these are third party tools that are out there or internal systems. People have a lot of these different pieces that they're getting their information from, getting data from, collaborating on. And so it's not, you know, it's no longer that place where you can just at mention a bot and have this conversation. Um, people have all of these different pieces that they need to connect. And right now, if they're not integrated into the place where they're doing all of their communication and collaboration, then you can imagine you have all these tabs open, you have all these different apps open, you're trying to go back and forth, you're trying to have a conversation with your colleagues, you're opening up your, your tickets for bugs somewhere else and referencing them back and forth. And so that doesn't really help with productivity. And we're seeing that our customers and users need this to be integrated into the place where they're doing the majority of their work, which is workspace. So now, you know, we're trying to build out a lot more rich visual interfaces, different ways to engage with these bots. So you can start to do your workflows quickly rather than having a conversation, because this is the model that our customers are, are using. They have all these tools, they have all of these different systems, and they need to rapidly get information from it, update information to it, uh, and then have discussions around it. So I think you know the use cases and opportunity that we're really seeing now are around 
creating these rich workflows for your users as a developer, whether it's combining something like a slash command, which will enable your users to quickly start a workflow with your, I'll call it a bot for now, um, and then combining it with things like a dialogue interface where the user can input a lot of information quickly. Those are the types of workflows we're trying to enable so that people can get things done without leaving their conversations, without having to switch between all of these different windows. Um, and that enables a lot of collaboration as well. If you can share a link, say, and then relevant contextual information pops up, then you can talk about that with your colleagues rather than saying, hey, check out this ticket, and then you have to go to this other tab, go back and forth and, and try and decipher what, what you really want to get out of it. So we really want to make it a rich integration because that's where the opportunity lies with Workspace, and that's what we're seeing our customers need. So I've always kind of simplified thinking about it and saying it's it's a way of bringing your applications as a developer to conversations for your users. And so I've noticed a couple of times we've kind of tripped over, is it a bot, is it an app, is it a chat bot app thing? And I think, yeah, it's kind of both. And we kind of refer to them in both. But again, I always see it as an application. I mean, is 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 it as simple as that or... What do you think is the uh, kind of the logic behind kind of our, our little bit of confusion with it? It is an application. So I think that the name bots really came about from the historical aspect. You had a conversation, so it was a chat right. bot. Uh, now, as we have all of these added features, there are slash commands or dialogues or visual interfaces. It's no longer a chat bot. You're not just chatting with it. You're engaging in workflows. So that's basically akin to an app. Um, and so that is that is the the system we refer to. That is the way we think about these integrations or entities. They are chat apps. Chat apps can have a bot functionality, so you can still be creating something either with dialogue flow or something else where it's conversational if that matches your use case or what your users want. So the way we think about it, chat apps is the construct for that thing that works within chat that integrates different sources with Workspace. And bots can be a piece of that functionality. Perfect. You, you touched upon a couple of example workflows, you know, with things like support tickets. Um, are, are there any areas where you, you think you look at what people are doing and say, no, that is not a chat app. You shouldn't, shouldn't be doing that. Or, I think if people can do it, they should do it. I mean, <laughs> we're, we're no gatekeepers. We don't. We're not here to tell people what they can or can't do. Um, I mean, the limitation is that right now chat is a part of workspace. So if you're thinking about chat bots as like a support entity in an external website, that's just not the functionality that chat offers right now. And so then creating a chat bot wouldn't fulfill the original intent just because that isn't possible um, right now. But if it's something you know that you think makes sense and you're building it for chat and and I would never say that that isn't in this case we should support. I, I kind of want to answer the opposite of your question. Like, what is a great use case for chat apps? Or how is it different from other types of integrations in the workspace or other surfaces, right? And what we've heard from, from developers and, and uh, larger developers, especially is like chat is a, a way to get the multiplayer experience as a gamer. Like, you know, in, if you think about Gmail, it's like kind of single player. You're, you have these tools that help you. Uh, write your email, get some integrations from other systems into your email, and then you send it, right? But in chat, it's a very different um, a different use case where you have a bunch of people inside a chat room, and, and you want to like facilitate information sharing. You want to like, collaborate on something together. I think that's really the power of what chat, chat provides, and that's what the power of chat apps provide. So an example of like the ticketing you know, solution, it's really cool because if you place a link for a ticket in the room, for example, then you could like have all the information about that ticket shown, and you could just talk about it right there. You don't have to leave and and go to a different you know website, log in, and then like type a comment there, see if it's the same. Like this is very clunky. So I encourage people to like think of ways to harness these the social aspect of chat in in their apps that they build. Yeah, that's 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 a good point. Yeah. In fact, that's where I was thinking, because as I mentioned, uh, Spaces is now right in front of us when we open up the Gmail on the web, for, for instance. And uh, I find myself um, quite frequently with our customers creating chat rooms or spaces just for, for internal as well as external clients, right? And so I can see where automation uh, can be needed within each of these groups that I have. So that's why I, I kind of like this brainstorming idea here that we're going, because 
in spaces, you have uh, what task, you have files and conversations, right? Um, so I can see where a chatbot could say, okay, for this group, let's secure it down in a sense to say, only look at the members and you know, bring in files or tasks or, or something like that. Uh, are there any available bots now that are like spaces friendly, available? There are a lot of bots that are available in spaces. They don't do exactly what you are referring to, but bots can be added to spaces similar to what Dominic was mentioning. If there's a ticketing bot or something that's monitoring your services, you can add that into a space, configure it to your accounts. And then for example, it might pipe in notifications when there is uh, something down or when a ticket gets updated and then the team can talk about it, take action on it. Um, but we don't currently have any bots that, for example, lock down a space based on certain rules. Yeah. Hey, so you guys actually sit right on the epicenter of what's happening with, with chat bots, chat apps. Um, you get to see probably a lot of prototypes and a lot of ideas from either partners or, or internal Googlers or, or obviously Dominic folks on your engineering team probably built some great samples. Have you seen any really just, wow, I'm impressed type samples that you say this is a great use case? Is there any you can talk about? Do you want to go first, Ida? Sure, I can start. Um, I'll, I'll go with something public that, that you can actually get your hands dirty and try. Um, so this is the, the Jira chat app. It's a third-party integration uh, that our team at Google has built. Um, and it use, and kind of what I think is really great about it is it really takes into account all of those different workflows. So it's not just conversational. It's really about creation of tickets, updating um, tickets, being able to talk about different pieces of information with the team. Um, so I just want to quickly kind of show a couple of video demos of what this looks like to, to kind of showcase what I think, uh, why I think it, it it is so great for users. Um, so we will just, I'll just play this video. This first one here is um, basically the creation flow. So we'll see here, that, or sorry, this is a link unfurling flow. So let's say that your colleague is posting a link to a ticket in JIRA, rather than looking at that link and thinking, well, what exactly are they talking about? What do they need help with? The bot automatically can respond with a card. I'll play this again. Uh, that shows a lot more contextual information. So you can just look right there and see what hand-66 is about. It's about fixing the iOS crash bug. And then you can go and open it in JIRA, or you could just have a discussion right there rather than kind of having to always context switch. So this is one of those features I think is really helpful. It's been implemented in JIRA. Um, and things like that really help with that context. Uh, that yeah. <clears throat> I can picture where it allows you to kind of crowdsource a challenge that's been logged, right? It's as opposed to saying, hey, can you go over here, check that out? And then when you get some information, come back. Right now, we all can see this. We all can talk about it. We're all alerted. We know it's a priority. It kind of just makes that, you know, that workflow come to us versus making it very staged and very, um, you know, something we have, that we have to, you know, pause and wait and, and regroup for, you know, brings the conversation to life, so to speak. So I think it's pretty yeah. awesome. And as Dominic was mentioning, it really brings the benefit of spaces together. You have all of your coworkers and colleagues in one space. The information is there and you can just get to discussing it. And everyone can discuss it at the same time without having to rely on going back and forth and being out of sync. Yeah, I, I think that's uh, totally agree with what I just said. I think that's a great use case. And I've, I, you know, we use a similar tool in our teams internally. And I think that's actually helped our productivity by quite a bit because we can see exactly what the issues are. We can talk about it in chat without going into our internal ticketing system. Um, I actually, the first time I used a chat uh, at Google was a internal tool that tells me, hey, looks like you're taking vacation. Do you want to like send out of office? Do you want to decline your meetings? And it's really just, it just understood my calendar. So it's kind of a use case where it brings in data about you in the different contexts and they're asking you to do some things, kind of like a personal assistant almost, right? So right. it's kind of contradicting what I said earlier about spaces. But the other flavor is like how do you how do you improve an individual's you know productivity through these kinds of tools? I think that was a really good use case uh, personally as well. I, and that's where I saw the chat app really become relative, right? Because it wasn't really a conversation. It wasn't really a bot or something with my team. It was me 
I work in chat all the time and, you know, full of mission, you know, that's the tool I use more than anything right now to work with my team, right? Is chat. I mean, emails, you'll get a couple a day chat. You'll get too many a day from me as you probably both know. Um, it's a nice thing that right from where I'm doing that, I don't, again, I don't have to go to a new tab, log into something. I just say, you know, if I remember that correctly, it was, you know, at operator and boom, just say time off and give it a date. And it went and it did it all. And it, it did a bunch of settings for me and it saved a ton of time. And so it really kind of changes even the approach of where do you land these applications versus making its own, you know, landing page and doing it, you put right in the conversational flow or right in the way people work, which is, you know, I thought that's a, that was a brilliant use case. And similar to that, I think we've heard some ideas internally and maybe externally about like, how do we, now that we're in this COVID hybrid work environment, like how do we facilitate, you know, returning to office or like working from office or working from home? How do we like facilitate that team collaboration better? And I think that's another opportunity for chatbots because that's kind of where your team comes together to work, to talk about things. So is there a way to share information about, hey, I've never been in the office today. Would you like to sit next to me? Would you like to like jam over over a whiteboard or something, right? These are things that I think are going to be unlocked with, with chatbots. Yeah, so that's a, that's a great point. So I have, I have a question for you on that flow. I mean, obviously, I think, and I'm, you guys probably know the data uh, better than, than we would, but a lot of folks started to really rely on chat when it was work from home, right? Um, have you seen any use cases that kind of have emerged from that, that changed the way you think people are thinking about building applications? Or let me rephrase it differently. Is there like a quintessential app that you think could be built or should be built? You know, it, you know, Dominic, in your cases, you know, around, you know, developers working together who are no longer sitting back to back, they're sitting, you know, across the city or state or country. Um, is there ways that we think we can improve that? Or is there some, some use case you think you would come up with that, that makes sense there? Yeah, I, I, I don't, um, to be honest, I, I don't have a concrete, you know, product requirement for that. But I think as a manager, you know, my, some of my reports will be working from home. Some of them will be working from different offices. Like the, the, work, the work environment is very different even after we go back. So I, I can imagine tools like making sure as a manager I can see who's working from the office at what time. It will be easy for me to like schedule a team lunch. Maybe we could do like a huddle, like, Things like that that help me understand where people are right. at and that encourage these conversations will be really helpful. Yeah, slash where is Dominic? Or <laughs> yeah, exactly. Or like book book a you know book a meeting with me if I'm in the office. Like that would be really cool. Yeah. One of the other areas where you know Google's done a lot of work in terms of conversational, and that was kind of my entry into chat was you know Google Assistant and Google Home, which you know it, the numbers are astounding. It's like it's on flight. It's a couple of years old now, but I think it's on five billion devices now. Wow! Do you, do you, do you see is there more familiarity through products like that, which people are bringing to Google Chat in terms of or expectations of what they're expecting to do, or you know the quality of interaction? I think that's a, a very interesting piece. I'd love to obviously hear your take on that too. Um, you know, I think as people are used to all of these different systems. People in general like things that are intelligent. They like things that surface information to them at the right times. Um, because frankly, when you're doing a lot of work, having to remember to engage with bot X or put your information mm -hmm. into thing Y can be challenging. Um, and so this is definitely an area we're thinking about. You know, it adds user value. Anytime we can, you know, benefit our users and kind of make the, make their lives more productive, their work lives more productive, that's beneficial. Uh, but we'd love to hear more about, you know, more use cases or or where this would benefit our users. And Martin, if you have some some examples there, um, we'd we'd love to hear more of that as well. Yeah, just a, a pause for one second, uh, folks listening in. If you have questions, or if you have use cases, or if you have ideas or suggestions, we'd love to see them in the comments. Please do share. This is live uh, for folks who have tuned in. We would love to get your input. Thank you. Actually, um, I, I'm sorry, Dan. I was just thinking. Uh, I have some customers that are operational in nature and they love their spreadsheets. And with some of these spreadsheets, they'll say, Hey, I'm going to highlight certain cells red because it needs my attention, whatever those things are. And it would be nice to have a chat bot that says, I'm going to go out to a set of spreadsheets and find all the things that you need to know about. <laughs> so I could summarize and help out with your day's task to say, hey, this needs your attention. <laughs> You're about to lose a $2,000 deal or whatever whatever it could be happening. A production line could be down. Your your inventory is down or, or something like that. So I can see th that could be very helpful. 
I think there's a lot of great use cases around that, Steve. And I think one of the things is, you know, I think a lot of folks think developing bots is super hard. And it's not super hard. Mm -hmm. I think wiring them up to other systems is super hard. And it can be depending upon the other systems. But I actually wrote a chat bot-like app myself, which does almost exactly what you just said, Steve. I actually capture events in a spreadsheet. Whenever a spreadsheet is changed in a certain row of cells that are considered important, I simply use a webhook to alert anybody in a room that signed up with this webhook bot to tell them that this spreadsheet has been updated and changed. So if it's an inventory or invoices or whatever the spreadsheet is doing, anybody in chat can be notified that somebody has changed something in that spreadsheet or, or something. And it's a great way of magically linking your work together to frankly build an alerting system. And so I love the whole webhook feature and we should talk about that in a second. Um, but I'd love to like dig into the, my comment there a little bit. And Dominic, you're here and your team builds these things. I wanna talk about the development for a second. I don't want to oversell it and say it's super easy, but it's also not super complex, right? I mean, I think, um, you know, a lot of folks listening in are either app script developers or have, you know, worked with add-ons in the past. And so there's a lot of synergies and a lot of learnings there, but, you know, can you talk a little bit getting started, best practices, architectures, just what, what's the advice you'd give to a new developer or an experienced developer considering chatbots for the first time? Yeah, great question, Charles. I think it depends on how comfortable they are with various technologies and what kind of use cases you're really talking about. So, you know, there's, there's certainly easier ways of building a chatbot. So, for example, if you were using um, AppScript, it kind of gives you some of the client libraries already. You don't have to worry about the REST API. So that's that's nice. Uh, the webhook that you're talking about is really great for certain use cases where you just need to, like, get data pushed into chat. And I think that's a really easy way to get started. Um, I think if you're looking at some something more full-fledged like you need to uh, handle a bunch of dialogue slash commands and then push data back into chat with into a room for example um i think that kind of architecture lends itself very well to to use cloud functions or cloud run because these are mostly serverless things you're just you know responding to events that happen and you don't really care to have a long-standing server running and just waiting for a request um so i would say like those are really good technologies to use um you know, in, in general, I think what's what's important here is like there's no one size fits all. Like you could build something uh, super generic, and that might be over engineering it as engineers that we tend to design the coolest things. But but sometimes you just need something simple, right? So you, maybe you just need a, a webhook. Maybe you just need um, a cloud pub sub bot. Maybe you need app script. Like it depends on what you need. But there's lots of options out there. That's what I would say. So the good news, think, the good news is that's is is pretty well documented. Um, Martin, if you wouldn't mind, and I know you have a question here, but there's a bunch of, we have a bunch of resources we can share, um, yeah. starting up on developers.google.com slash chat, uh, slash concept. Yeah. This is a great place to get started. And we have a lot of the resources you talk about. And also in a second, we've got, we'll share some of our sample code and some samples on GitHub to get started. But Martin, you had a question. So let me defer back to you. Well, it was more a comment. So I, you know, I came looking at, Google Chat from with an app script developer head on, and I found it super easy. Plus, for you know, seasoned app script developers, they, they they're already bent. They know that they can integrate into so many Google Workspace products, and you know, often with a line of code. So you know, the example Steve was talking about, you know, connecting into Google Sheets, it's no problem. It's so easy, and so I think for it's more a, a comment for our listeners that um, if you are interested in chat, um, it's so, I just can't think of any other similar product where you know you you provided a free cloud runtime environment like AppScript where you can start developing bots and you don't have to worry thing about, about authentication and security because Google's got your back on that one. Um, but I think it's also interesting. As you mentioned, Dominic, that there are other inf infrastructures or architectures that you can use. So if you do want to see, you know, start interrogating data on-prem, you can do that. Yeah, um, for sure. I, I think um, especially if you, um, something that, that may be better if you build on Cloud Runner Function is like there may be better CI/CD tools that you could use, right? Uh, especially if you need to like, uh, make sure that the code is always, you know, source controlled and all that stuff. Like there may be, there may be other kind of 
DevOps or engineering tooling that you might need to integrate depending on your company or depending on like what kind of rules you have to kind of follow. Um, but so yeah, there's tons of technologies out there that could do that. But as you said, the most easy way to get started is probably something that's that's simpler. AppScript is a great choice. Um, but at some point, depending on your scale, you might need to take a look at other options. Yeah, it's a great prototyping tool to get started with. I always found whether it's add-ons or, or chatbots, you know, you can actually experiment and play with something before you you overly commit to you know to engineering it. One of the things I always found it's real simple is is building out UIs for it. Um, the card builder, uh, folks that have built add-ons may be familiar with the card builder. The card builder is a great tool for building the UI. I understand it works with chat. You can actually create your chat card return sets to actually allow folks to do that. Uh, which again, you know, if you don't want to muddle with creating your own JSONs, you can actually just visually do this and then you know apply that back in your project, which I think is super great if you haven't tried. So, so do play with that. What can you tell us about where we are with uh, uh, UI elements and and what we can expect maybe going forward with? Like, what are some of the the things to think about? Definitely, I'll um I'll also continue on the conversation of this. Is this card builder tool. What I really liked about cards is that it kind of took away all of that overhead of creating UI. And so there are these components that are supposed to work well within add-ons or chat, and you don't have to think about the sizing of your window or of the particular element that you're displaying your information in. These things are taken care of, or even things like fonts and, and sizing, and mm -hmm. if that will look good within the, the surface that you're, you're creating your integration in. And so we really wanted to make it easy for developers so they didn't have to have all this overhead of designing their experience. Um, but we do also know that currently cards haven't been updated. You know, there have been some updates, for example, the grid widget and a few other smaller widgets that have been super useful, but there hasn't been a major reskin. There hasn't been a, a large update in the card infrastructure. And now with a lot more focus on chat apps and how all of these integrations work, within chat, with which works inside a workspace and is a hub, we really need to take a look at how to optimize the space, how to optimize the specific elements for all of these use cases. I was mentioning that chatbots or chat apps have gone a long way from that just that conversational element where they're piping some notifications in to now having dialogue surfaces and more interactive models of, of work. And so with these, we really need to consider how we can optimize that space, whether we have the right set of widgets for all of these workflows. And these are things we're looking into and, and putting an investment in. And so as we're seeing more examples of workflows, as we're seeing how these things play in our different surfaces, we're working on improvements to optimizing these. So um, one of the things I'll say, we do have a developer newsletter uh, that we encourage developers to sign up for a lot of these new updates that will come through the pipeline will be announced in the newsletter so stay tuned there are a lot of interesting things that are coming down the pipeline that we're excited to share with you all um, and as those things come out we'll be announcing them that's a great segue because you know this episode is entitled what's new in the world of chat apps so what can you share with us first of all we know there's we know they were released in 2018 there was a bit of a hiatus and I think part of that is because adoption wasn't really as fast on the chat application itself. So obviously bots didn't, didn't, didn't have really a need to keep up um, because the growth wasn't maybe there as much. But now obviously chat is, as I mentioned, it's a first class citizen, it's built into Hub and Gmail, it's part of our fabric on how we work every day. So what's, what can you tell us that is new? What can you share with us? And obviously don't give us any trade secrets, but what, what are some of the recent things that you can show us that people are gonna go, oh wow, I need to build one. Totally. Um, we've alluded a lot to dialogues. Um, it's It's been out for a little bit, so it's not super brand new, but I do really want to highlight the use cases here. It's a brand new surface within chat. It allows people to really put in a lot more information in one surface rather than trying to navigate an in-stream card or have a conversational mode. Um, so I quickly just want to show this one um, kind of slide that we have here that showcases the, the dialogue, so it's a new surface. It doesn't just take in form inputs. That might be the typical sort of mode everyone thinks about is let's take in information for a ticket, but it also supports things like grids. So if you wanna have a whole bunch of images for a user to pick from, um, for example, here we have Giphy. Uh, I'm just gonna make this a little bit bigger so you can all see. Uh, 
then you could kind of have that in a dialogue as well. So it's really a rich interface. It's intended to showcase information to your users so that they can engage with it. They can send information back or select it. Um, and right now they're tied to slash commands. So the user will invoke the dialogue via slash command, similar to what's shown here. But we're also thinking about more ways to make this uh, relatable in different workflows. So we're constantly trying to upgrade the features that we've been launching. Dialogues, as you might think, shouldn't just be invoked from a slash command. You can imagine they should be invoked from other avenues. And those are the types of things we're thinking about so that we can actually capture all of our users' intents. Um, and so that's kind of the, the feature that's launched and there are going to be improvements coming to it. So I encourage you all to take a look at how dialogues might best fit your use cases. Um, the other thing that is coming out very, very soon, so this is basically a, a brand new feature that I'm super excited about, is link previews. So we showed this with Jira where users paste the link and the bot can add context to it. So the bot returns a card with information that it feels is most valuable to the user based on that link. And now people can have this conversation. They can collaborate without having to go back and forth. And you can see here that all of the information that's sort of core and needed for that discussion is presented. So this is something we're really excited about. We know a lot of people are pasting links to other sources, whether, whether they're internal tools, knowledge bases, or third-party apps such as Jira. Um, or other ticketing tools. And so now you don't have to do all this context switching. You can basically provide the context that the user needs. Um, one of the best practices I'd kind of encourage developers to think about when they're developing this is ensuring that the, the information that's most valuable to users is the stuff that's shown. And of course, there's limited real estate. There could be a lot of fields, a lot of information. Um, but we really want to design an experience where users are getting the most value rather than scrolling through a, a long list of, of information that might not be super relevant to them. Um, so those are, those are two of the kind of new and upcoming features that are coming that I think really change how chat apps work and really change the value proposition for our end users. Yeah, that's really nice. I'm thinking about uh, onboarding. It could be onboarding a, a new customer, onboarding from an HR perspective uh, as a place to start. Uh, because let's say in Google Drive, you have to create a folder and subfolders and documents, and I need a little bit of input, right? So a dialogue from a chat uh, bot in this case would be excellent to say, okay, I got just enough information to create the infrastructure and it just saved me a whole bunch of time. So I can see how that can apply. I wonder if we can, Charles, you're not unfamiliar uh, to developing chat apps. Mm -hmm. what's, what's your experience been like? Well, I think a couple things is I can come up with a ton of great ideas, I think. <laughs> um, I think there's, there's a couple challenges I've personally had. One is actually deploying them, right? Getting them out to a wider audience and getting them discovered. And so I think one of the things, and I, I know we announced this at Next, and I don't know if, if either of you want to comment on it, is around that discoverability um, and making them something that folk can find. Um, because obviously you can build the best mousetrap in the world, but if nobody knows it exists, then it, can it actually catch any mice? I don't know. So I, I think that's one of the challenges is that. And so the news was that we're going to now allow you to actually uh, not, it's still a future feature, but allow you to move it into the Google Workspace Marketplace and actually discover it from there and allow admins to manage that. So I think that's going to be a huge kind of an adoption uptick is around discoverability. And so the other thing I've noticed is your, your bot has to be, um, what's the word I'm looking for? It has to be efficient. I think it has to be efficient. If your use case is not built well enough, because I've even built bots that I'm like, well, that was a cool idea that went nowhere. Um, then it, it doesn't work well. So I think the addition of dialogues that you just mentioned and Stevie commented on was huge because now you actually can have an interactive conversation that's not having somebody sit there and try to guess some long text string of the parameters they need your bot to understand. And as a developer, I don't have to satisfy every single use case to get my bot to understand. And one of my favorite bots early on was the was the at meet bot, which is a built-in first party bot. And it's a great phenomenal bot, 
But if you don't really know how it answers your syntax, you may be guessing a few times and you may have been just faster to go to the calendar. So I think those are kind of the, the, the big problems that need to be solved. And I think we are solving them. You need to build a more efficient bot and you need to get it discovered and, and get it found. And I think that that's kind of the big thing. I also think the other thing is people tend to overthink all the things a bot can do. It's not supposed to boil the ocean. It's supposed to make your work stream more efficient, bring timely information just in time into a conversation. It shouldn't solve everything or tell you everything. It's supposed to accentuate the way you work, change the way you work, but not be the, the, the only change engine on how you work. So I think those are some things I think about um, when I think about I've, it. I've definitely fallen down that rabbit hole. It's like, oh, and it could do this and this and this. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, some of the use cases are hard. I mean, one of my favorite use cases I'll throw out there one on my wish list is, and I think Steve, you alluded to this, right? When things are new or, or people have questions, I love the knowledge base, right? The whole notion of I should be able to ask this chat application a question. If it knows the answer, it should tell me. If it doesn't know the answer, I should be able to log that question crowdsource it, maybe somebody in that chat room and that space will actually answer the question. And then we just send that right back to the knowledge base. I would love to build that. There's a little bit of work around that. Also getting the questions right and formulating it right. It would take some effort, but I think that's you know one of those killer use cases I'd love to see built. There, there was a great example. I was in the EDU space where um, someone was developing a chat just so that they could look up student grades. So that, you know, very quickly, you know, almost in context, they, they could find out if the student was doing well and were areas where they, they, so I think there's lots of really cool use and useful use cases out there. No, I do. I mean, we have one of our partners um, that is working on one that's not quite finished yet. So I, I won't announce it for them, but it's a great use case around payroll and managing mm. everything from your tax information and your pay stubs and those type of things. And again, it's about bringing the right information at the right time with the limited number of steps and, and the least resistance. And that's why I think, you know, again, calling them apps is fascinating because, you know, they're basically, it's a new UI metaphor for the way people are working back into your, your backend app. And, and really anything can be hooked up pretty easily to a, to a chat app. I'd like to get into some expectations or best practices based on what we were just talking about. Um, Charles, I guess going too broad instead of more narrow, you're setting yourself up for failure if you're going too broad. Mm -hmm. uh, is there any other best practices uh, that, that we can share? I can, oh, Charles, did you want to go? No, go ahead. No, I, I'd love to hear from you. Um, our team is putting together some best practices guides to really help developers think through their use cases and how to design an experience. And so again, um, signing up for the developer newsletter, we will make sure to tell everyone when that launches. Uh, but I'd say the first steps, especially from a product perspective, are really to mock out that workflow that you're trying to accomplish and understand what are those use cases you're trying to solve. And then, you know, take a look at all of the different pieces that are available to you with chat apps and, and map those pieces to the workflow. So dialogues might not be good for everything. Uh, they're great for either showing a lot of information to people so they can make selections or intaking a lot of information from people into back into your app. Um, an in-stream message card, for example, wouldn't be very great for taking in a lot of information from a user. So I think that in terms of best practices, really mapping out those flows, working with a designer, with a, a product lead and an engineer to kind of jam on what the experience should be really benefits the user. It's easy to kind of get in and, and put together a chat bot that, that works, um, but sometimes ironing out those workflows are really what takes it from it works to it's really, really helping out. Yeah, that's a, that's a great point. I mean, you know, some of the use cases I've seen are you know simple ones like requesting information in the context of a conversation you know i'm and you know a previous sales background and one of the things i always wanted to do was understand you know the customer i was working with or or where a deal was in in size or in status or, or whatever and to do that you know leave the current tab you're in go log into another system even with single sign-on you then have to do the search and then you have to browse you know three steps and before you know it you're like why did i even come here in the first place and you, you get distracted and so, 
you know, Salesforce, for example, has a really neat bot that allows you to go and quickly understand an awful lot about a customer, about a deal, about an opportunity without leaving the context of that conversation. So if you and the sales manager, or if you are the sales manager are talking about a specific deal in a chat conversation, instead of saying, oh, let me go figure out if that's closed or not, or what stage is it in? I can just do slash Salesforce. In fact, I have it in front of me here. Uh, you know, opportunity will get me the information, the opportunity, pulled it up and you're you're good to go super fast. And so uh, it's just a great way, again, of, of you know driving information in. And then the other way is I, I love the fact that it can actually drive information back into a use case. You know, for example, uh, we've got this great chat bot internally that's actually based off of um, using a trigger inside of an app script and then pushes information from blog information back into a webhook, which notifies people every time something is changed on work, workspace from a blog. And that's a super great way, again, of just, you know, quote unquote, subscribing a room to information and push information and delivering it timely. And so really easy and quick to write those type of things. So a uh, question for you. You had mentioned cards and the importance of cards. You mentioned that's going to evolve. What's, what, what's the notion there? I know that cards are built similar, same framework as add-ons today. And the tool is, is very same, similar. What can we, is there anything you can share with us that we should expect there or look forward to? What's kind of that, that journey going to look like? The idea is still that, you know, there are these building blocks that power the interface for add-ons and chat. Um, they, they will evolve together. It won't be separate in that chat has a, a new set of blocks and add-ons uses a different one that's not optimal for our developers. Um, but like I was mentioning before, we have a lot of different workflows that we're trying to take into consideration, um, potential widgets that would support these workflows. And so we're thinking through all of these and, and really assessing which ones are important for our developers and our customers. So we're, we're working through this right now. We're thinking through this. Um, and also, as I was mentioning, when you're looking at current cards inside chat, the space isn't optimized. It takes up a lot of, of vertical real estate. And so we really want to make sure that we're optimizing the experience for all of the end users so that developers don't have to think about this. And when end users are getting this experience, they can just think, cool, I have the information I need. This is really slick. And they're not thinking about how it's taking up a lot of vertical space or not optimizing uh, the window they have. So we're taking all of this into account and trying to work through what this new iteration of cards will be. But there will still be these building blocks that developers are using for their experience. They will just be made uh, to really fit the surfaces. And also, we'll be adding more widgets as we kind of work through those use cases. Can I add one more thing? Like in case folks don't know what the card frame cards are, like one important information is that when you define a card or you build it into your application that just renders correctly across all three clients like on android web and ios so like that's a good thing about this framework that we have today and that will continue continue to be the case like it will just be you know more optimized for for the for the mode that you'll be operating in and chat and the same the same benefits apply you just define a card and then it will still still work across all all three clients yeah that's a good point so let me ask you another question, and this is a slightly different angle. As I know, obviously, you know, a developer wants to build something in an organization. They're not necessarily in charge of the entire strategy. They sometimes need to get permission or sell somebody or convince somebody. Um, what would you tell our folks listening, developers listening in, who have to talk to the admin or the IT lead or somebody uh, to convince them that you know a chatbot is a great use of time, just not from development effort, but for user education, for you know, managing a rollout or security, you know, the whole, you know, super nuts part of a project. What's kind of the, I don't know, what's the sales pitch, so to speak, to get, you know, get the IT folks to, to be excited and, and, and to really embrace this? I'd say it's, it's about having some measurable impact that you think your chat app is going to have, whether it's saving your users an approximate, you know, X minutes per action or whatever it is, being able to convey that, like you said, if you have to go into a platform to schedule your out of office and you have to click multiple different tabs and search for things, you're spending that time. That can be several minutes every time you're trying to do a specific action. If that's all automated and put into chat in a way that the user could just do a single slash command or press a button and start this workflow quickly, you're saving that user a lot of time. So quantifying that in a way mm -hmm. will really help get that value across. Um, you know, even if it, 
productivity is one angle. I think it's the easiest angle to, to pitch on is you're saving users time. Um, you could also pitch on user satisfaction and happiness. If you're creating integrations that build cohesion with your team, again, with this hybrid system, really helping people who are in the office or not in the office work together better, that has a lot of benefit on you know, your employees' happiness. So being able to quantify it in some way, whether that's qualitative or quantitative, will really help sell it to your company in terms of why they should invest in it. Um, in terms of the things that admins tend to be very mindful of, they're usually mindful of the services that you're using. So if you're using you know, other third-party services, they might want to vet them. And so that's usually a, a hurdle that one will need to overcome. Um, and you know what data you're sending where, how you're dealing with that data is usually a big topic that comes up. We do support allow listing for chat. Um, not everyone knows this, but if admins are hesitant to allow chat bots in an organization because they are sensitive to where data is going or what types of, of third-party integrations might be used, they can turn on allow listing and then they can allow list the integrations that you make for your company. That way they don't have to worry about other things and they still get the benefit of the pieces you're creating. I actually have a hypothesis I would love to hear you, everybody's thoughts. Like I, I think if you're building an integration for a third party in the chat app world, you're probably already integrated with that third party in, in the standalone world, right? So my hypothesis is that the administrators or whoever your IT you know, team are has already vetted that in some sense. So you know, I, th I think if you build integrations into existing third parties that your company uses, and I'm hoping that is not a big deal, um, but I could be wrong. If there's any you know viewers or folks on this call who, who know one way or the other, I would love to hear you know feedback around that too. I think part of that is is it read only or is it also update or write? Right. So I think there there might be a distinction there. Uh, but you're right. If if someone is nodding or saying yes uh, to this, like an API uh, via third party, what have you. Um, I agree. It seems like you should agree because now, you know, when it's in the uh, chat, chat box. And, and Dominic, you brought up a good point with that, that, that statement. There's a couple of scopes for building these chat apps. It's one is the two party scope, right? I'm building it for my team, my organization, my user group, my whatever. And then there's the third party you may have an external SaaS or data service or, or whatever the case may be that you're trying to reach, you know, broad number of users, right? Where it's not just my org, it's any org, it's all orgs. And so obviously different considerations uh, around that, obviously different things you need to go through. Is there any kind of best practices you would say to prototype fail fast and, and see what sticks first before you overinvest? Is there any, uh, anything there you could point at or is it more of you know get your design right and, and the rest will will come properly I, yeah i mean <laughs> I, I don't have a great answer to be honest i think it depends on what what it is you're trying to do i, I do agree that you probably want to show value if, if the concern is like convincing folks that you should enable chat apps in your organization then i think conveying value is always the best the best way it's like why is this useful for me why is useful for my team for the company and i think that um that's the first thing i would do the second thing i would do is just like look at the data that you're trying to process and where you're storing it and making sure that if your company already has you know a standard way of or maybe a contract with a cloud provider or like if you have some certain things on-prem like don't deviate from that like the, there's no point really um so i think about data handling and storage is usually what what some folks care about when they talk about reviewing apps right so those are the two suggestions i have is just think about those early try to de-risk some of those things um don't don't build a monolith app because you'll right. like store and process all kinds of data for no good reason like that probably doesn't make it a good sell right that makes sense from an admin perspective can you limit it just for internal use right. only because as i mentioned i have some clients where i have an external internal relationship in these in these spaces yeah, so um, right now, integrations can't be accessed by external users. So even if you had an app in a room that had both your organization and guests, um, guests can't interact with that, obviously, so they can't access sensitive information. Um, so in that way, it's good. They can see the information, of course, that is posted by the app. So if you called in and asked for something and it posted a response, everyone in that space sees it. 
um, but they couldn't try and call it and ask for some information. Um, but in terms of even limiting that further, if you're a developer of an application, you can, before you even publish it to your domain, you can just share it with a few other members by email. So if you wanted to test it out with a small group, either of, of people on your team or whatever, you can do that just to iterate and, and get that experience right, or, or even share it with your admin to showcase what is possible. Um, and then of course, you can publish to just your domain. So you don't have to worry about this integration being public. It will just be available to, to members within. Okay. Well, that makes good sense. Well, we're almost at the top of the hour. Um, does anybody have any more questions? Anybody in the live stream want to jump in? Or Dominic and Aida, first of all, thanks so much for joining us. Do you have any other questions for the community of developers? Or is there anything you'd like to leave us with to think about or to build or to engage with? We'd always love to learn more about the use cases that you all have. Um, whether it's the an actual example of an integration that you're trying to build or one that you would like to or that you've built elsewhere uh, that's really worked out for your team, we'd love to hear more. We'd love to hear more about what is or isn't working for you, whether that's features that's missing, uh, components that are not up to what you would expect, APIs that are missing, whatever it is, we'd really love to hear what is important for all of all of the developers out there and their use cases. And that really informs kind of, you know, what we focus on because it's our customers and our customers are our developers and our end users and, and their needs are what is important. So we'd love for you to share those use cases, pain points, all of that. Um, so don't, don't be shy. What is the best way to do that would be Mike. That's a great question. Um, <laughs> we can collect them. I'm more than happy to collect. I'm a, a big curator of, um, examples and bits and pieces so people oh, want so to we need them. a chat app to communicate <laughs> yeah, right. so there there is a new uh support vehicle that's out there actually out there for our apis that we can release and we'll i'll make sure we put that in the show comments i don't have the link up so i can't do it real quickly but it is something that we're, we're offering uh and as usual you can actually also always dm me at Chaz Maxson on Twitter. I have uh, no problem relaying those information on. In fact, I'm always looking for good examples and good ideas. Um, that is definitely one way to do it. Uh, and then uh, also through our documentation, I know Martin's already put links up for that. Uh, there's a great way to provide feedback for documentation or ideas that are that you're interested in. And that's another great way normally to get sometimes uh, messages back to uh, you know, direct team members on, on something you like or don't like. And so definitely try that. We've also had a couple of great samples. I mean, and Martin, if you can just put these links up real quick um, on developers.chat.google.com slash chat samples. There's a great place for some samples to take a look at, as well as there's a whole bunch actually listed up on GitHub. Martin, if you can pop those two links up if you have them. If you don't and you're struggling for them, there, there we go. So well, uh, some good samples there to, to get started and start playing with. And then there's also another one on uh, the GitHub one, which is a great one for samples. And then one final link, um, Martin, if you wouldn't sh mind sharing this one on the support page for popular chatbot examples. I always find these great for inspiration to, again, if you're trying to sell the IT folks on what other people are doing or what other solutions are possible or why chatbots are impressive. There's a bunch up there that are everything from the Giphy one, which is you know about inserting images, uh, but also things like the Salesforce one and some of the, you know, the other ones like the you know, Jira's of the world as well, too. So take a look at those. Uh, again, if you're looking for inspiration or evidence that these are these are a great way to build things. So with that, I think we're at the top of the hour. Again, thanks, guys, so much for doing uh, the show. So thank you so much for doing this important work. Um, it's been a pleasure from my standpoint. Martin, Steve? Uh, yeah, I think it's been fascinating to get the kind of the full picture as well, kind of. I'd never really considered the benefit of having chat apps, with, you know, within the context of a space, um, you know, just in terms of flow of information. So I'm going to look at chat apps in a, a different light following this year. Yeah, I've been inspired. Um, you know, a little brainstorming session here also helped me. So I'm looking forward to uh, maybe create some. So Thanks. yes, thank you for having me. Thank you so much for having us. And I'm looking forward to all the great chat ups everyone's going to make.
and also things that don't work like not just ideas <laughs> we would love to hear things that you know are, are difficult hard to use or things that just don't exist whether it's features as ida said or even like how do you get your app published or, or reviewed by your administrator like these are concerns that we will have to help you you fix so but we need your feedback yeah yeah perfect thanks for people who've tuned in as well um the recording will be um up straight away and we'll be also doing the podcast as usual so we're back next week and we are talking workspace add-ons um so more card joy uh, as part of that um but we'll be focusing on the, the publishing uh, process for your workspace add-ons until next time folks happy scripting Thank you.